What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special free agent edition of a good football show. I am Patrick Darty, joined as always by Mr. Denny Carter. Denny, I don't know if you're familiar with the markets, hashtag the markets, but they are raging right now. We got quarterback signing. We got mm. running back signing. We got wide receiver signing. We have late breaking news, Denny. We have a kicker signing. We do. It's a, a five-year deal for Young Way Koo, the true goat kicker. I mean, we like to make kicker jokes but we were talking about in the slack before the show went live like the young way like is actually like ridiculously yeah. legendarily good i didn't know he's 13 of 14 on field goals beyond 50 yards how's that even possible yeah and he was never known as a guy with like a huge foot coming into the league he, he, this guy went from from borderline out of the league to, i mean he was he was a a, a, a hair's what, this, a hair what happens when you're on the chargers i mean it's fine out of the league right uh, uh, um, just a disaster, missing uh, short field goals, missing extra points for for uh, the Chargers, and now he's the second highest paid kicker in the NFL. You got to feel good for him. You got to feel good for him. And by the Chargers, by the way, I mean this time it counts. There, there's no way it's going to fail this time oh, for the Chargers. Uh, I've already made that joke on Twitter, so I'm sorry if you follow me on Twitter. But I'm sorry true. I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know it's usually the other way around. <laughs> uh, truly, no way it fails this time for the Chargers. Before I get any deeper in the show, by the way, I need to mention. We're having a special show. I mean, you're probably listening to this taped. I don't know what time you're listening to this. We have a special show Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. They will also be available in podcast form, but we are streaming live tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch just with further free agency breakdown. going to be myself, Denny Carter, Patrick Crane, and Kyle Dvorak. So please join us tomorrow night when we're going to have a gaggle of more signings than we already have. And yeah, by the way, sorry, this show – by the time you're listening to the show, I mean, it's like the whole league will be on different teams. Like, uh, like I don't know why I'm listening to this podcast when, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is on the, the Falcons now. But I guess I'll still listen <laughs> just because I'd like to listen to Denny and Pat. Right. Yeah, we're going to break down the first day and a half. By the way, Thomas Brady, you ever heard of him? He, uh, I remember him. Sunday night. Yeah, I, I don't know. We, we, that, we need to talk about this. I mean, yeah. he's, he's back. Well, we, we need to talk about what what exactly transpired uh, to make him give up retirement after after forty days. Uh, <laughs> my my guess, my best guess as a as a married dad living the dad life is that he had to fold laundry once, or he had to come up with a game once. 
and that and that was it that was ball game he was like oh my god wait what this is what this is what we do this is what you do as a family no brady is like such an obsessive person that he's probably like amazing at folding laundry it's probably like once like giselle's probably like you need to come up with like a single craft to do with the children and he's just like gets on the phone like what's gronk's <laughs> number again like yeah right god. My my daughter comes up to me. He's like, "Dad, can we do crafts?" And then I—that's why I joined the NFL because my five-year-old daughter needed me to come up with like a craft idea. I don't mind doing the crafts. I just—that's a really underrated part of being a parent. It's like how many ideas you're supposed to have. I'm like, I don't know. I just—I yeah. all I've ever done is sit on the couch my whole life. I don't know how to play games. Let, let me be a layabout. Yeah, exactly. I just want to—I'm a layabout, kids. <laughs> And then they just punch you in the spleen. Right. And then you have to come up with the game. <laughs> and demand games. And maybe that's what happened with Brady. Maybe he had to come up with exactly one game and he said, Bruce, Bruce, are you are, are you you good? Can, can, are we are we back for next year? And Bruce said, Hell yes, please come back. And Bruce knew the score. I mean, he knew this was gonna happen. Um, oh, oh, I did like uh Jensen, the uh offensive lineman for Tampa who resigned. Um the center. He, yeah, right. He he uh in an interview today said Brady coming back had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a punchline there. No, yeah. that is the punchline, obviously. That's, that, uh, that's it. I, so I'm looking forward to Leonard Fournette resigning and being like, Brady's back. I didn't know that. I yeah. just, I love the Bucks as a team. I mean, frankly, they were looking forward to playing with Blaine Gabbert. Right. Um, they, they were a bottom five team without Brady, and they're a top three team with him. So, But that makes no difference. Yeah, it makes no difference. So, by the way, Blaine Gabbert, by the way, was a, a good luck charm at the SEC basketball tournament. He attended a Mizzou victory, and we won. And a day later, he attended again, and we lost. But he was still so not, good, yeah, Mizzou not exactly. great. <laughs> no, uh, I I think my favorite joke on the Brady Colts beat writer named George Brimmer, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I was raised Catholic, so I'm uh, partial to Catholic humor. He said, "Tom Brady didn't retire; he gave up football for Lent." Uh, and, uh, so it was exactly forty good. days. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, there there is a little biblical edge to to this whole thing. Forty day deal. Yeah, there's a biblical edge to everything with Tom Brady. I feel like smoldering right beneath the surface, even though he's not one of those guys. Like after a game, Brady's not thanking God. He's thanking himself usually, like in his head, like in his like corporate way. Yeah. But uh, I want to thank Nike for. Yeah, there's always like some, there's definitely like world civilizations colliding inside Tom Brady. (laughs) And even if he doesn't know it, he's probably a very biblical person. He is a hashtag great man. Yeah, he's check out the great man theory, folks. If you don't know about it, uh, Brady uh, ascribes to the great man. Th- I say, so yeah, I mean, it's just tr- there's nothing actually to say about the Brady thing, right? I mean, could, probably could have won MVP last year. Uh, Bucks still good. Hashtag I am surprised. Still good. I, I, I am a little bit surprised that he's coming back to Tampa because. Yeah, I mean, I guess he had no choice, right? I mean, he had to if he was going to come back. He, he did, back and which Bucks. I think was kind of um, the hang up there where. So, like, getting more serious with the Brady talk, he signed a two-year deal. Then he added, like, a cap dummy year for year three. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like everyone's understanding at the time. It was, like, a dummy year. Like, it wasn't, like, a legit extension. But now the Bucks, unsurprisingly, were treating it like a real year. And I think that's where, like, the animosity, if there was any, acrimony came from that he at least wanted to, like, be a free agent again, I think, maybe. I have no idea if he actually wanted to leave the Bucks. obviously, but it seemed like maybe that kind of rubbed him the wrong way that this dummy cap year was being treated as a real year yeah. by the Bucks after the fact. But I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a dummy year. Maybe that was like a misconception by the media. But it did seem like that was like where the one 
true difference between the Bucks and Tom Brady was. It was like over what this contract like actually meant. And you know, I hate to admit it, but I mean Tom Brady probably did earn the right. So he should have been able, if he wanted to play somewhere different this year, I feel like to to choose that. And the Bucks were not going to give that to him. I do. I am enjoying the discourse around uh, the the Bucks. The Bucks don't even have a running back. Uh, how are they gonna? How are they gonna do what they've done the last two years? It, come on, come on! Literally anybody can slot into that backfield and be great. Well, Denny, it's funny you mentioned the slot, and it's funny you mentioned anyone on the Bucks. We have late breaking news, Bucks news, where Russell Gage, the one of the most important players in PPR football, has apparently signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, and okay. I mean, Denny, you were bragging much prep you had done for the show before the show. I mean, you haven't prepped this at all since it <laughs> just happened. But, uh, I mean, Russell Gage, what is he now? PPR, I mean, the level of scam that Russell Gage is versus the level of scam that PPR is versus the level of scam Tom Brady is? We're probably looking at like a top 30 receiver here, right? Wait, no, but, I mean, I guess he he's what? He's Godwin Insurance? Like I think he – yeah, so, okay. Sorry to this layer on the – sorry. I think he probably will just be Godwin Insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I don't know what the contract terms are. I mean, he's he's not someone you could afford just as like a throw-in right. to your roster. Right. Um, That's surprising. I mean, unless they 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 really just wanted to uh, uh, step on the Falcons one, you know, for a final time. I, I don't I don't understand. I guess also too though, like so they have two superstars and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. One of them's injured, like you said. Maybe this is like an admission. That, well, not an admission. I mean, the depth actually ended up not being that great for the Bucks yeah. receiver core. Yeah, which is really weird to say when you had three superstars beginning the year on the roster, but like kind of, I used to like to say like the Bucks second team could be almost as good as some teams first team. Then ended up not being true really yeah. with Scotty <laughs> Miller and Tyler Johnson just were not up to the task. And yeah, Gage is probably just, yeah, he's insurance on Godwin, but also maybe just more necessary than we realized with the Bucks receiver core. And it's very top heavy and very like, no injuries like you're set basically but that's not really how the nfl works and um yeah, yeah, if so I remember, gage now. yeah if i remember correctly gage did play some on the outside uh the last couple of years so you know may, maybe they could use him in that way you know across the formation from evans with with godwin in the slot when godwin is back fully healthy i mean from a real football standpoint it seems like a really good addition from a fantasy standpoint i think i think gage could be fun while it or if godwin misses a game or two or three to start the year, I also think that Gage could be uh, very much overdrafted if if it's clear if the Bucks say we're not going to have Chris Godwin for September. Say uh, then, I think that fantasy managers could might might get a little too excited about Russell Gage. He probably overall takes a fantasy hit, or because like it's weird, like the ceiling, like his highest his high his highest highs will probably be higher than they were in Atlanta, but he's going to have more like lower lows probably. Or if this offense is healthy, yeah, he's not going to be getting nine or ten targets ever. You oh, know? No. Like, uh, oh no! Like, like so, uh, the spiked week potential. Like, he could have some like truly massive spiked weeks, I guess. Especially while Chris Godwin's out, where he could have like ten or eleven catches or something like that. Like the second Godwin's back in the fold, yeah, you're probably pulling the rip cord. So what you're saying is Russell Gage and best ball. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes, of course, obviously. So yeah, there's our first unplanned um, signing of the show. Denny, you quote tweeted an official <laughs> yeah. NFL tweet saying the Steelers quote unquote got their quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, your quote tweet was, "Did they though?" 
And <laughs> so don't tweet. Even good tweets sound so dumb. Yeah, they, they do. When you read them out yes, loud. Yes, absolutely. I, I could have a tweet that's like the greatest tweet I've ever had. If you read it back to me, I'd just be like, well, I'm going to go crawl in a hole right. and die. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, just I'm just so stupid. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, I think that that is the bailing sentiment, though. I mean, I agree with your, your questioning. This can't be all there is a quarterback for the Steelers, right? And Mitchell Trubisky and who is – his one 2021 accomplishment was not playing. Um, that was his real accomplishment, <laughs> was not playing. And he did that's the right his, thing. Yeah, he did the right thing. It is true. It's what he needed to do, was not play and show people his full Trubisky-ness. And I think the only way he could have really taken a step forward was if he had remained in the same system with Brian Dable and like continued to grow and learn. Yeah, yeah. With Brian Dable, but like – I, I don't know. I don't really see any upside in this for the Steelers. And yeah. I don't see anything standing between them and taking a quarterback at number 20 or trading up and selecting a quarterback, you know, the top you know, 10, 15. Yeah. I mean, they have him, Haskins, uh, Mason Rudolph, who the team talks. Or they like him. Unbelievably positively about like, what, why, who are you fooling? Like, who are you trying to convince on Mason Rudolph? Fans love Mason Rudolph. It's very weird. Uh, and anyway, uh, yeah, but Trubisky is not going to start, you know, throughout the season. Like he, he's probably going to start the season. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I thought you were saying he wasn't going to start at all. I was like, let me stop you there. No, 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 <laughs> he, he, he's probably. I mean, he would have to really, really be bad or hurt in order not to start the, the season under center for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin has talked about wanting a, a mobile quarterback. Well, I mean, Trubisky is technically a mobile quarterback. You know, he he did emphasis have some on rush- technically. So, well, he had some rushing success uh, with the Bears. In fact, it was when either I don't know who who made the call, whether it was Matt Nagy or Trubisky himself, uh, when when he stopped running is when the Bears' offense really bogged down and became unwatchable and and you know stopped scoring points, stopped gaining yards. Like Trubisky taking off after one read was actually way better than Trubisky trying to sit back there and read defenses because he didn't and he couldn't. No, and it it was because it actually coincided, I believe, with a shoulder injury. Yes. So hopefully he's healed up because again he literally didn't play last year. So hopefully the shoulder is good, but a lot of times when that happens when these like kind of dual threats, because obviously he's a really good athlete compared to the average human. I'm sure he's an amazing runner, <laughs> but like for like a dual threat, he's still like not like a, a dual dual threat. He's not even like, a, I mean, he's not even like, a, I guess maybe he's not, he's not even on like a Marcus Mariota level. No a dual threat or it's like something he can do in an emergency, but like those kind of guys, yeah, if they get like one knock, so you talk about Tom Brady like having to do something once, like kind of like these fake dual threats, and they get injured once, they kind of stop running. And that did happen with Mitchell Trubisky. But I agree, like if he's gonna have any fantasy success, or even any real life success, yeah, in his time as the Steelers bridge quarterback, that element of his game really does need to come yeah. back. I mean, if you know, looking at his uh, career stats in 2018 for the Bears, which was his best fantasy season, statistical season. Uh, he had 68 rushing attempts for 421 yards and uh, three touchdowns. So, you know, that's uh, that's not nothing, I will say. Um, uh, if he gets back to something like that, he could he could be useful. My guess would be the, the Steelers want him to do as little as possible, and they want to probably lean on Najee Harris, unlike any team wants to lean on their running back outside of Derrick Henry with the, with the Titans. I think that, that that will be the game plan. I am I am surprised that Mariota – who has who's better? Like like yeah, by better. measure is better than Trubisky. I'm surprised Mariota didn't land 
in Pittsburgh, it's a curious choice. I mean, we were part of that drum beat trying to make that happen. Yeah. Or it would have been Trubisky too. See, like Mike Tomlin, we kept harping on that quote about Mike Tomlin, like wanting, what was it? Did he say more athletic, more mobile? What was yeah, the more word mobile. He and he, because he, he said we, we were limited. We, we, you know, Matt Canada, our offense coordinator, could only call so many plays because of our quarterback. And like he might have been thinking back to the days. Like I'm going to make like a legit Zoomers comment. It's probably hard for Zoomers to remember. Like at one point, Ben Roethlisberger was never a dual threat. And like yeah. mobile was would be a strong word sure, sure. to use for him. But like he was a mobile pocket mover. Uh-huh. And like dudes like bounced off of him. I just kind of hope they're not expecting that with Mitchell Trubisky because like uh, Ben Roethlisberger was like truly elite in the pocket and in pocket movement at one stage of his career. Mitchell Trubisky is not. And he's also three or four inches shorter than Ben Roethlisberger, not nearly as big as Ben Roethlisberger was. And so, yeah, I just hope they're not trying. They need to run a totally different system if it's Mitchell Trubisky, basically what I'm saying. It, we're like one that both hides him and also tries to use his athleticism. And maybe it kind of ruins everyone for fantasy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole Deontay Johnson getting 14 targets a game, that's probably over. That's probably canceled. Yeah. And who who else is on the Steelers? I don't know. It's been a long time since the season ended. Uh, and they Chase got some other good players, Claypool, right? I believe Chase Chase Claypool is on the Steelers. Oh, yeah, I'm looking it up. Yeah, I knew it was two C's. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, but who, uh, uh, Juju Smith Schuster will not still be on the Steelers. We don't know where he's signing, and who, he could just like default back into Steelers mode. He's a company man. You know, oh Juju god, he really is. He really, really. They should build a statue to Juju just just for his loyalty to the city of Pittsburgh. Um, okay, I'm looking at I'm looking at some Trubisky numbers from 2018, which I'm cherry picking here because 2018 was an exceptionally good year for him. But here, here's here's some box scores from that year uh, as far as rushing goes: uh, six for 81 on the ground, four for 53, six for 51, eight for 47. So he had 10 rushes in one game for 40 yards. I, there there's there's some appeal there. I don't know if if the Steelers are going to be into using him as a rusher, but that would be the only positive case you can make for him from a fantasy standpoint. If there's one thing I know about 2018, it's that nothing has happened since then anywhere in football or the world or the world. So I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good to talk about Mitchell Trubisky's stats (laughs) from 2018. Uh, It's true. He, and that's clearly the plan. I mean, they, they talked about that wanting to be the plan where they just can't deal. It's weird. It's like Mitchell Trubisky. I was going to have the take, that so that you know everyone's talking about how awful the Steelers' offensive line is. Like I was gonna have the take, well, like Mitch might make them look better because he's at least mobile and kind of move around. But also Mitch was, I feel like the kind of guy who makes offensive lines look bad because he just is a poor decision oh, yeah. maker. Yes, and, a, a lot of four sacks, a lot of yeah. Uh, I don't think he's gonna solve yeah. like this yeah. reputational problem for the Steelers' offensive line. So uh, Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, we just talked a lot about Mitch Trubisky. Do we even really say anything? Like, are we drafting him in best ball leagues or anything like that? No, absolutely um, not. No. Okay, good. Because um, we're just waiting for Malik Willis to the Steelers, right? That's really kind of what yeah, I'm still waiting that on. That would be pretty sweet, I think. I think that'd be good. It would be good. It would be really good. And I feel like the world has been building towards that. Um, trying, You know, sometimes like the government tries to like prepare people <laughs> for the reveal of the existence of aliens. I kind of think maybe that's yeah, what the Steelers... Yeah, I, I am fully aware of that phenomenon, yes. <laughs> I think that's maybe what the Steelers have been trying to do with people in Malik Willis. Uh, I think uh. it's basing this on like two tweets that I don't remember who they're from <laughs> or what the quotes were, but uh, that's just something I'm trying to will into existence. I uh, you know, I'm, I, I would, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm on the, the Willis train. I, 
I would like to for him to go somewhere where they're not going to be like he's going to sit all year. It doesn't matter. And I feel like Mike Tomlin is the kind of coach who would be like Malik Willis will not see one single second of playing time this season as long as I'm head coach. Listen, maybe until 2024. No, I that's absolutely not out of the realm of possibilities. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we just talked a lot about Mitchell Trubisky, and I feel like we didn't really tell the folks much about it, but uh, we just like to talk about him. Um, is what it is, That's and right. we actually did. We we said a lot of. We said some good stuff there. Uh, now we're gonna have some good stuff to say about Chase Edmonds, Denny. Who mm-hmm. this is the, probably the most interesting signing of free agency so far. Two year, twelve point six million dollar contract with the Miami Dolphins. He's landing with a guy in Mike McDaniel from a coaching tree that is famous for the how you know fantasy viable, fantasy profitable makes running backs. Also famous for sprawling committees. And probably safe to assume the 49ers are not done reshaping their backfield, but also safe to assume he's going to remain a part of a committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, of course, because I just said that and I just basically repeated that in different words, but he's always been in a committee, but he's always been like the one B in a committee. Is it safe to assume he'll at least be the one A in whatever this Dolphins committee ends up? Can we say that about uh, Chase Edmonds or do we not even have that much confidence yet? In 57 games in the NFL, Chase Edmonds has eight double-digit carry games. So I don't, I don't know if we're gonna get really know, that bleak. Move on to the next stat. Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, he just really, really doesn't shape up as a guy who's like guaranteed 15 carries a game. And if they are, I don't, I don't know if he's like built for that or, or uh, you know, he has struggled through a lot of a lot injuries. Of injuries. Um, some of them. You know, not so serious. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to down. You know, uh, um, to downplay it, but you know, a lot, a lot of nicks and bruises. Let's put it that way. In Arizona, I, I think you know, PPR wise, he could be really interesting if, if, uh, you know, they they adopt a system where there's a lot of dump offs and a lot of screens to to the running backs. He would be obviously the primary pass catching back in the Miami backfield if they were to do that. And and you know, Tua's Tua's game. If Tua is indeed the the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Uh, this season uh, uh, to his game is, is good for that. You know, he, he, he's not a downfield throw. He's not aggressive downfield. He's not good downfield. Um, maybe a lot of check down type stuff like Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco is what we'll see. And that, and that would benefit uh, Edmonds from a PPR standpoint. He does strike me as a guy who, it, you know, could be overdrafted, you know, by, by in, in the dead zone in the running back dead zone by, by fantasy managers who, are getting a little nervous about their wide receiver heavy start or whatever, <laughs> and they go, "I got it, I got to grab Edmonds here. I got to get him." Uh, that that to me doesn't seem like the the best strategy in twenty twenty two. He does kind of he seems like a career Duke Johnson kind of doesn't he? And I feel like he doesn't need to be that, but just as like a classic, he was typecast very early in his career that he's like a pure change up. He's breather back is strong. Breather back means you only come in when the other guy's tired. He's not a breather back, but I, I, yeah, his absolute ceiling is being a one A yeah. in a committee, and like you said, it's not even guaranteed. I mean, what? How many times he had double digit carries? Uh, eight. He has eight and uh, in fifty seven games. Now, I, I will say that the one time that he was fed like a true workhorse, which was uh, week seven in twenty nineteen, we all remember that week. <laughs> Everyone remembers uh, that. He, he had listen. He had twenty seven rushing attempts for one hundred and twenty six yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, he has that going for him. He does have that going for him off the top of your head without like looking a ranking sheet, just like what feels right. RB what for Chase Edmonds again. And overall, I think like the overall range, not yeah. one, two or three. It's like what range of the board 
do you slot him in at? Just like what feels instinctually right? Uh, yeah, uh, 25 to 35. Okay. My placeholder rank for him was RB36. Like that was pure placeholders before he signed. Uh, I guess I'm um, higher than you. <laughs> that needs to be updated, obviously. But no, no, now like would you rather have Chase Edmonds or Michael Carter in 2022? Carter. Do you rather have Chase Edmonds or Travis Etienne? Oof. Man, uh, I, I, you know, assuming full health, I, I actually would go with that at the end. Would you rather have Chase Edmonds or Tony Pollard? Uh, Edmonds. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Chase Edmonds or we'll do Josh Jacobs. Oh, man. I'm, I'm weirdly a Jacobs guy. I'll, I'll go with Jacobs. All right. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's not a silver bullet. It's a pretty good landing spot, all things considered. I don't think Chase Edmonds is ever going to get like a three down roll, obviously. It's, uh, no. He at least landed. With in theory a good coach. I mean, Mike McDaniel's like never even called plays. We don't really know. We know who he worked for, and we know his reputation. Yeah. His reputation is very, very, very strong. It's considered basically one of the smartest assistants in the NFL, but we just don't quite know what he's going to do yet. But in terms of opportunity and the coach he could have landed with, it was a, it was probably about as good of a landing spot. I feel like as Chase Edmonds could have had. But you're just right to caution and remind people. Yeah, he's never been used in a way mm-hmm. that's gonna like send his fantasy value like much higher than it already was. Yeah, so and, and also you know, critically, he's not used for the, the the most valuable touches a running back can get, which is our touches inside the 10 yard line. He did not get those in Arizona, and I I, I think that was for a reason. Yeah, and there's there's quite literally no way a guy from the Kyle Shanahan tree is like not gonna have some like weird like goal line specialist. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's just absolutely like no way that Mike McDaniel's not gonna overthink that one. And so there I see very little, very little like chance to chase Simmons and be the goal line back in Miami. So yeah, that's the end of the show today. The Jaguars right. didn't sign anybody. Um they didn't <laughs> sign every tier B free agent in the entire NFL, Denny. Did you read? Did you read that the agents uh, and teams were furious about Christian Kirk's contract? I mean, they should be. Uh, the, uh, I mean, I mean, they actually like fr- like all negotiations with wide receivers froze after that because Trent Balk, uh, you know, went on a on a spending frenzy and gave uh, uh, Christian Kirk probably like three to five million, million more than than any other team would have, um, and and teams and agents were like, wait, what? What's going on here? Yeah. I, my guy deserves more than this. I mean, the, the agents would say that. I mean, Christian Kirk is now making $18 million a year. So it's a four-year, $72 million deal for Christian Kirk. I'd say even more controversially, it's a three-year, $24 million deal for Zay Jones. Yeah. And a one-year, $9 million deal for Evan Ingram as the Jaguars begin like the wholesale remaking yeah. of their receiver core. So we'll get into it player by player, but like, First, I mean, is this receiver core? Is this even like that much better? Like, if they really even move the needle, or because like they subtracted DJ Shark, like is this even really that much better of a group right now? Or like, are we under Christian Kirk's weird? He can work on the outside. He can work on the slot. He's actually very versatile, but he's like weirdly never even really came close to achieving his theoretical ceiling in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's probably better. It's probably a little bit better. Yeah, I, I you know, I feel like. A, a little bit on an island and saying that Evan Ingram is probably a really good signing for them. Uh, you know, playing for a coach, you talked about this before the show, a coach who has used the, um, the tight end as a, as a seam buster and ben Peterson uh, and Zach Ertz folks. And look, it's been a long time since we've seen Evan Ingram used 
the way that he should probably be used on an NFL offense. And that is as a, a downfield type pa- pass catcher, possibly a big play guy. Instead, uh, Jason Garrett and Joe Judge treated him like Jason Witten. And it was very frustrating for, I'm sure for him, for fantasy managers, for people touting him. I mean, it, it's, it, was, uh, it was tough action in, in New York. I, I blame the system and the coaches more than Ingram himself. And uh, by the way, uh, Trevor Lawrence targeted tight ends on 20% of his throws last year. So he, he does like the tight end. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's working on two fronts for Evan Ingram, where he has a coach who has a history of featuring the seam and then a quarterback, I mean, kind of out of survival. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence targeted the seam a lot as a rookie. I mean, our boy Dan Arnold, how could we forget? James O'Shaughnessy, indelible fan. I mean, future Hall of Famers and the streaming Hall of Fame, of course. Yeah, we're, we're having a special James O'Shaughnessy podcast on on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> of course, yes. Of course we are. <laughs> Two people with the last names, Darty and Carter, will be hosting that. <laughs> um, so, like, Evan Ingram, too. Like, you hit it there. Like, he's being used like Jason. He needs to be used. Like Mike Jacecki, like the guy is like a receiver, basically. Yes, yeah. I can't remember if he's supposed to be a blocker, good blocker. I don't think he's ever had a particularly no. great blocking record. Thank God he's not. Thank God he's not a good blocker. No, and I will say with Evan Ingram, he's kind of like early career Jared Cook, like where mm-hmm. like I feel like he so he's put big plays on film. He gets open for big plays, but he's like very mistake prone. Like he's like the classic guy. Or like Fox's Kevin Burkhart was like, oh, the hit off Evan Ingram's helmet. Like that was, I don't know what he was looking at. Now he's running <laughs> wide open over the middle of the field. And for yeah. some reason, the ball just hit right off his helmet. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, a, a, every 40-yard reception for Evan Ingram ends with a fumble. That's, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> so do you think Evan Ingram is more likely to be a tight end one in 2022 or out of the league in 2024? What is more likely? Wow. Wow. I'll go, I'll go with the former. I'll go with, with uh, a tight end one. And uh, that's not really saying much. I mean, no. a, a bottom a, a bottom hat or, you know, a tight end 10 to 12 is basically unusable as an every week option. You know, the, the only, the only, there are only three to four, maybe five tight ends who are locked in starters throughout the season. And he won't be one of them, but I think he could still be useful. I wish Evan Ingram were younger. Like I knew he'd already been in the league five years, but I was kind of assuming he'd be like 26 or 27. He's going to turn 28 in September. So I'm not sure how much untapped potential is really there for Evan Ingram. But yeah, it's not like the target competition is that fierce. So let's get into that. I mean, Christian Kirk, uh, I mean, he's now the unquestioned number one. I mean, Marvin Jones is still there, but I mean, what do you think is, what is the summer narrative going to be on Christian Kirk? Is it going to be, Lowell Jaguars, like this is such a horrible signing. It's like that'll affect like his ADP and fantasy, or will there be like a rally around the ADP effect? Like his ADP is too low for a while. So he kind of becomes like a cause celebre. I have no idea how to pronounce that. No one does. Um, uh, and like, he's like, uh, like a, a fantasy hero. Cause he's like a value all summer. Like what, what's the narrative going to be? With there, there will, I think there will be a, a, a decent argument to be had if his ADP drops too low. I think there will be a decent argument to say, look, I don't even like Christian Kirk as a player. I don't like the Jacksonville offense. I don't like Trevor Lawrence, but we're drafting Christian Kirk below guys who are going to see 40 fewer targets than him. And, you know, if if that's the case, then I, you know, I could, I could buy into that a little bit. I don't think that that'll happen, especially in savvier leagues. I, I don't see him falling that far. At all, you know that that far off of ADP or what his ADP 
uh, should be. Honestly, uh, we're forgetting that Jamal Agnew is probably still the wide receiver oh one gosh. in the Jaguars <laughs> offense. That guy was very impressive in his very short stint as the uh, top pass catching option in the in the Jags offense. But one one more thing about the Jags, and I t- tweeted this the other day, and I think I, I think I need to write on it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence's peripheral numbers. Forget the raw stuff or raw stats from his rookie year. His peripheral numbers were frightening. And, they were and bad. I, I mean, nightmarish stuff. Like Zach Wilson was better in almost every way, and Zach Wilson was unbearably bad. Okay, so I I I feel like Trevor Lawrence. We have to, as fantasy managers, and probably as as NFL fans and Jags fans, we we probably have to shift our expectation of Trevor Lawrence from this this um you know the megatron of of quarterbacks to like a serviceable game manager i think that that's probably well, his, his it's so tough because like you said the raw stats were bad the peripherals were just as bad but it was just like i i think i feel comfortable calling it like an unprecedented situation yeah, yeah. where he just did not he had an unserious head coach and like so a point we've made many times sure. on the podcast being like for a rookie quarterback at the end of the season having to be explaining the actions of his head coach rather than vice versa. I mean, you want the coach explaining like why the rookie quarterback was mm-hmm. out drinking or whatever, or why he threw four picks. We had the rookie quarterback almost the entire final half of the season, like answering quite like, yeah, I don't know why coach was tabletop dancing uh, in an <laughs> yeah. Athens, Georgia bar. As far as I know, he doesn't even have any connections to Georgia. Like it was just an unprecedented situation with a very unserious man leading the team. And I just feel like, I mean, I know like it can be like excuse making, but like you can almost just like throw out all of 2021 for Trevor. I mean, I'm probably getting too deep into excuse making, but I just have a hard time drawing any real conclusions because he was just in a situation that like no NFL football player should ever be in having like answer for the coach. And very bizarre. Year two, I you know, I, and I'm sure you would agree. Year two for Lawrence will be very important. And very, very important. And Doug Peterson was a guy who, I mean, Carson Wentz in his year two was, was going to win the MVP under yeah. Doug Peterson. Like that, that is the most insane thing. Carson Wentz was literally going to be the 2017 MVP <sighs> of the NFL. He was until good. he tore his ACL, and now he's on the Commanders, a team that exists. A, te- uh, a team that couldn't get any other quarterback to come play for them. No, yeah, <laughs> he was it. Yeah, imagine like again, like I, this is always a kind of ridiculous exercise. But I tell you, in December 2017, oh yeah, Carson Wentz in five years from now is going to be on his second team since the Eagles, and they're called the Commanders. <laughs> you, you, yeah. You, yeah, no, that that sounds like a made up tweet. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it's a big, big year for Mr. Trevor Lawrence. But I, yeah, I think we can't really be too harsh about that rookie year i mean the rest of these jags i mean zay jones i, mean, I don't even know what to say God, about zay man, jones I, yeah i that's that's unreal it sucks for jay jones because like now he's gonna be like the new avatar of a bad contract like he's like i didn't do anything like all, all i did was like, sign a check uh, he, he he popped a little bit after henry ruggs uh was was kicked off the raiders and good for him i mean he he cashed in in a huge way in a way that that seemed impossible headed into last season um, you know, he, he was, he was, the bills tried to make him a thing for years and, and it just wasn't happening. Comes to the Raiders. The Raiders loved him from a cultural standpoint. They loved his leadership and everything. He's like, I mean, he's, he's marrying every person's and, daughter on that whole team. Basically. Yes. He's like, yes. the, which is the weirdest football cliche out there. I'd let this man marry my it, daughter, but it's they're like vying Raiders players yeah. and coaches vying to let Zay Jones marry their daughter. 
honor. Deeply uncomfortable comment, I think, from coaches uh, for them. To, 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 that, that's how the measure of a man is whether you want to yeah. marry your daughter off to him. Uh, yeah, oh, but, right. I mean, I but feel yeah, like, I feel like that's up to her. But yeah. <laughs> many are saying it should be. Uh, yeah, Zay Jones, it's a disaster, disastrous contract. He's not going to live up to it. it. People are going to say, oh, you know, Jags fans are going to be mad at Zay Jones when they should be mad at the management. It's a joke franchise. The the Jags are a joke franchise, even with Peterson aboard. Just an abs- absolute disaster of a franchise. The Jacksonville Jaguars have won more than six games one time since 2010. I mean, um, you, you talk about unserious. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Jaguars as a team are very are the most unserious uh, franchise in professional sports in America. Yeah, it's it's a it's a test. So best of luck, Doug. Uh, best of luck. Yeah, I mean, I, you, if anybody can do it, I think it is Doug Peterson. If anybody can get them to some respectability, I think that he can do it. Do do I think it's likely? No, I think that he probably gets frustrated at some point and says, "No, I, like I'm not. This is this is not. I'm doing I'm doing something else. I'm going to go coordinate another team rather than coach this dumb team." Yeah, I mean, final thought too. I mean, we're giving up the ghost on Visca, right? I mean, we, well, he, we, that, now the rumor is from ESPN is that he's might be traded on the block. And, um, and, and, you know, I look from a real football standpoint, I actually think that Chanel could be a really nice, interesting addition. Uh, if he goes to a, a team with established pass catchers with a, with a decent offense, I, I don't even know who I'm thinking of, but maybe, you know, we always say <laughs> the chiefs, the chiefs, the chiefs, um, uh, you know, maybe if he goes there, he could be a gadget type player. He's more of a fantasy football folk hero at this point than an actual like legitimate receiver, but you know, they, they could work. Yeah. I mean, just through two years, he probably needed to like show more actual receiving tricks and oh, yeah. prowess. And he just looks like full blown gadget player, which is fine. I mean, he looks like basically if someone wants to get serious on making the Cordero Patterson role a thing, yeah. Yeah. like he would be elite at that. Um, but basically not going to happen as like a traditional straight ahead wide receiver. And right. The teams need to get more creative with his usage. And yeah, urban Meyer, like didn't even want him. He like tried to replace him like three times. So he was like not serious about making Lavisca Chenault a thing. Had no interest. I mean, and obviously Peterson is is like Meyer. He had no interest in trying to make uh, Chenault a, a legit starting receiver. Yeah, my actual true parting thought is the Doug Peterson. Yeah, what whatever happened to those Eagles receivers? Uh, I don't think there's ever been an Eagles. I think I had a stat the other day. There's never been an Eagles receiver that had a thousand yard season under Doug Peterson. Zach Ertz Ooh. did. But yeah. a wide receiver never did. And, you know, by the end, you know, it was like Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, kind of like what is really going on here? I feel like there's maybe a conspiracy or something because uh, I'm not sure how their team's receiver core could be this bizarre. But so, yeah, Doug Peterson doesn't have much of a track record of producing receiver. In evaluating success. receivers, yeah. Uh, but we have a, a comment in our chat, by the way, that Zay Jones' single career 100-yard game was week 17. Uh, last season i believe zay jones was 35 too um so i think he actually has like 28 <laughs> or 29 let me look this up yeah, he's 26 now he's about to turn 27 but yeah curious signing by the jacksonville jaguars and you know what's not curious hmm. is the timing of this break we'll be right back teats and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference we come to work every day to do it the right way even if it's the hard way because if it's not right for us it's not right for you 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The 2022 NBC Sports Edge Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is available now, and we are giving our listeners a special offer. Get 22% off our draft guide and an annual Edge Plus subscription when you use the promo code BASES22. We get you ready for your fantasy draft with expert insight and tools at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com Edge Plus and use promo code BASES22 at checkout to save big this season. Danny, had you heard there was a baseball season happening? I did. Uh, the bases are big now. And next year. Next year. Oh, next year. Well, yeah. now I'm now I'm not going to watch. You're not going to watch. That was the one reason you're going to watch. I was going to watch because I. You know why? Because I've always, bases. I've always I've always been interested in how every throw to first uh, is a bang bang play, and now the runners will always be safe. Yeah, right? that's a good point. Yeah, that that is weird. They are always very close. They're trying to push. So, like the stolen base, you know, used to be a huge part of the game. Now the analytics have ruined the stolen base, just like everything else. Why why, why is that? Why is that? Uh, Because, like, if you get caught stealing, basically, like, you have to be like almost 80% successful on your steals for it to be analytically viable. Really? Like, if you get caught even 30% of the time, like, that out is like so bad. It's Uh, not worth the gain of the steal. So, like, the stolen base has been canceled. Oh, that stinks. I know. Uh, it really stinks. So, they're trying to uncancel the stolen base. I mean, R- Ricky Henderson is probably the most exciting player I ever watched because his, his ability to steal at any moment. Yeah, no, it actually is a viable, valuable goal to try to get the running game going again in baseball. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. not like the, the league leader has, like, 33 steals now. Rick, Ricky Henderson used to, like, do that in a doubleheader. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah. I, I no, didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, it's, they're down bad. <laughs> Running's down bad. The MLB hmm. uh, down bad. Amra Amonra St. Brown question mark. Denny DJ Shark has signed with the Lions. What does this mean? Is this good for Amonra? Because it signals they're going to yeah. let him eat and like the target dominator role. Tell us about DJ Shark with Jared Goff. And the yeah, uh, I've had some uh, some exchanges with Detroit Lions fans on on Twitter throughout the day after I called it a, a horrific fit. DJ Shark in Detroit. I didn't say it was a bad deal. Like it was, it's clearly a fine deal uh, for, for for the Lions to give Chark a, a one-year prove-it contract a year after he suffered a, a horrific, uh, you know, ankle injury, and he still actually he still, forgot about that. Yeah, he's still rehabbing. Uh, he was on Thursday Night Football. You remember? I mean, it was is bad. Uh, Ooh, anyway. that's right. Well, I think well, that was the game. That was the Urban Meyer. I'm going to yes. stay in Ohio game. 
Uh, yeah. Anytime right. you can stay in Ohio, you have to do it. By the way, I think we can blame DJ Shark's injury on Urban Meyer getting fired. I think that's it's you know because he wouldn't have stayed. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, it, 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 I, I think it could be good in that for St. Brown in that Shark could clear out some space underneath as as a deep threat. Um, you know, in 2019, Chark went for a thousand yards and I think eight touchdowns with uh, Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville, and and he proved to be you know a viable deep deep ball pass catcher. Uh, the Lions really didn't have that. They had Josh Reynolds a little bit, but I think Chark is is probably better than than Reynolds. You would uh, hope, I, I, right? Uh, so so for St. Brown, I, I don't think it changes much. I think that what changes for St. Brown is you know possibly a, a you know a DeAndre Swift you know. A full season, full healthy season. Um, yeah, you saw. Yeah, you saw Saint Saint Brown. So I did some some game splits here, and uh, like you do, and uh, Saint Brown uh, averaged six and a half targets per game with DeAndre Swift in the lineup last year. He averaged eleven and a half without him. Oh. Um, TJ Hawkinson is also a short area target guy. Uh, you know, so no one. I don't think anybody's going into the season thinking, oh. I'm penciling in Amon Ross St. Brown for 30% target share in the Lions. Like that, that's not going to happen. He may be, his ADP may reflect that belief though. You know, have a fascinating ADP where I feel like the fantasy drafting public has gotten so shrewd that they frequently now like overfade like fast finishes. It's like no one wants to be the sucker, no one wants to be like the point chaser. And I just feel like that sometimes we like discount stuff like too much. Sure. Sure. So, so I, there, and and I, I just wanted to spell this out why I call it a, a bad fit for for Chark, and because uh, I have a platform and Lions fans don't. So I'm <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell you that nine percent of golf's attempts last year uh, went for went more than twenty yards. It's the sixth lowest rate in the league among starters. No starting quarter. I thought you were gonna uh, say the sixth lowest rate all time. That seems no. shockingly low. It is. It is very low. No starting quarterback had a lower air yards per attempt than golf last year. Uh, if you want to cherry pick his final five games, fine. We can do that. Look, I'm a fantasy analyst. I'm used to cherry picking. Okay, <laughs> and 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 Lions fans were cher- cherry picking me to death on Twitter today. That's fine. Let's do it. Okay. If you want to cherry pick fi- final Nobody five, nobody knows games, more about cherry picking than me. I right. We we love we love picking the cherries, eating the cherries. Golf's air yards attempts was the sixth lowest among in the in those last five games. Okay. Uh, you go back to 2020 with the Rams. Golf was 23rd in adjusted yards per attempt, just ahead uh, just ahead of Nick Mullins and Andy Dalton. So, uh, um, it, also his peripheral stuff didn't change that much when Dan Campbell took over the play calling from Anthony Lynn. That was another thing I was told. Everything changed when Dan Campbell took over. And yes, the Lions' offense was more aggressive through the air and better overall, more productive, uh, more aggressive on fourth downs when he took over. And that that's great. That's great. But golf wasn't that much better. He is who he, he is. And so Chark is not going to be used all that much. I don't think he's going to get th- that many targets downfield. He could have his moments. And I'm sure now, now that I've spoken out against this signing, yeah. I, I'm sure I'm going to go nuts. Now. I'll hear about it. Okay. Yeah. When, when Chark catches his lone target in week one for a 68 <laughs> yard touchdown, I'm going to hear about it. I'm going to hear. I, 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 so I, I get that and, I, and I'm ready for it. Uh, but overall, it it's just they they would really have to change the way they they operate on offense for Chark to make sense as a fit. And I feel bad for DJ Chark. Yeah, I do too. It's a bad, it's a terrible career move. Uh, and and I think I think he's a ton of potential. Um, I know that the he's coming back from the ankle, but I f- I feel like going to a better team 
with a, with a quarterback who could actually uh, you know mesh with what he does best would have been a, a far better career move. Maybe he didn't have a market though. He he must not have had a market with the injury. Now, now he's on like the Brashad Perriman career path. Yeah. He was, I believe, also in the Lions last year. He was. Uh, so yeah, horrible. This Jer- DJ Shark is like not a thing now in fantasy. No. And no. everything you said about the Lions' offense was true. It was weird how he was. Jared Goff became much more effective downfield, relatively speaking. When Josh Reynolds arrived off waivers, like that did coincide with Dan Campbell taking over the offense. So. Like you said, nothing actually really changed other than he occasionally completed passes down. Because, like, they kind of almost literally didn't have a deep threat before Josh Reynolds arrived. Yeah. Or it was, like, embarrassingly bad personnel down the field. And DJ Shark should be an upgrade on Josh Reynolds. Uh, but I agree with everything you said where DJ Shark's not bad. Like, I don't think it really affects Amon Ross St. Brown at all. No. Like used totally differently. The bigger concern is, yeah, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, who, who's helped you last year? DeAndre Swift staying I mean, healthy. I mean, DeAndre Swift averaged under six yards per target, as you would expect from running back. Those are a lot of the short area targets that St. Brown was gobbling up in the last, you know, four to six weeks of the season. Amandre St. Brown, by the way, he was third in the NFL in yards over the final five weeks of the season. Right. Um, and led and led in targets, led in target share. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's good. He's like a good player. Yes, that, he like, is. He's sure. I, he, he will have a fascinating ADP because I, I feel like the week of the fading could like very quickly go too far with him. But uh, who the heck knows? We, we don't know. We're not paid. Well, I have no idea. Yeah, well, you want me to know? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> J.D. McKissick has signed with the Buffalo Bills, Denny. This is a weird one because I was kind of hoping Devin Singletary would finally have some runway nope. to like have a backfield to himself because I thought the Bills – it seemed like – had a team ever benefited more from like cutting down their committee and just like focusing on a back and letting like one guy like keep his head in the game and just be like, you know, is this good? I feel like it's just better when you can have like a primary back. Your primary back is the same for every situation. Right. So like it's not the most important plays of the game, like the like a two minute drill and you're taking your best back off the field. Uh, I thought maybe the Bills would try to stick with that approach, but you, know, you can't just have one back. Now they have JD McKissick, one of the best pass. pass catching backs in the NFL. Does this end like any shot Devin Singletary had of being an RB2? And just if that's not what you're going to lead with, like what just your general thoughts on J.D. McKissick landing with the Bills? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge hit uh, to Singletary's, you know, pass game usage. I will say that, you know, like many mobile quarterbacks, Josh Allen uh, doesn't target running backs and never has and probably never will until he's an old man in the Buffalo offense. Uh, he, he, um, he targeted running backs on about 15 and a half percent of his attempts last year. That was a third lowest rate in the league. Um, but Singletary's pass game involvement really grew a- after he, he sees that every down roll, uh, from, you know, Zach, when Zach Moss just, just became basically like a special teamer, um, uh, Singletary, you know, I'm looking at his late game, his late season game logs, uh, seven targets, six targets, four, five, five, you know, these, this is stuff that really wasn't happening early in the season for him to go along with, of course, um, almost all of the carries in the in the pass heavy Bills offense. So uh, I I think you know Singletary becomes way way less appealing as an upside option. You know, conversely, Antonio Gibson becomes interesting. I was gonna ask, so is is it like green light Gibby now, basically? Because talk about an, another guy who late in the season 
even though he's dealing with a debilitating shin injury where it kind of seemed like they were almost just going to shut Antonio Gibson down. Instead, yeah. they went like full green light with him and just heaping touches on his plate late in the season. Yeah, right. I mean, is he back in like RB1-ville? For now. And the, 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 you know, Washington has always talked up Gibson as, uh, you know, we see him as McCaffrey. We see him as this, you know, as an every down guy who can catch a lot of passes. He was a receiver in college for the love of God, but um, it's never, it's never happened. So let's, I, you know, let's wait a little bit to see what Washington does in free agency and maybe after in the draft, if they, if they get a pass catching spe- specialist, I think that we could see the same kind of usage for Gibson uh, in, in 2022. But we did we did have a, have a glimmer of hope for Antonio Gibson at the end of last season when McKissick was out with a head injury. Before McKissick's injury, Antonio Gibson was averaging around 14 pass routes per game and two and a half targets per game. Not great. Washington targeted uh, running backs on on uh, 23 percent of their pass attempts. That was the fourth highest in the league. So when McKissick went down, we saw Gibson's usage changed to this 24 routes per game and five targets big change okay double double the targets almost double the the pass routes double your fun is what i'm saying so it's definitely i I take it as a vote of confidence because this is like a contract the commanders could have afforded i mean i think somehow they were like don't have a great cap situation which makes no sense but i mean they could have brought back jd mckissick if they really wanted to uh so I mean, they could have a plan B up their sleeve. I mean, it's going to be – what, if you add a pass catching back, it's going to be like a day three pick. So it's not going to be someone that's going to like be immediately ready. I, mean, I guess they could sign someone mm-hmm. in the second wave of free agency. But I do take it as a vote of confidence that even if maybe it's not plan A, like if, if the way things work out, they don't add a true pass catching compliment, they, they're confident in Antonio Gibson's ability to handle that role. So uh, it's very – it's – you can be very happy about it, basically, if you're an Antonio Gibson partisan. Sure, I, I think I think so, and um, I, I I do some part of me has a hard time believing that they're just going to run roll with him as an every down guy with with nobody, you know, kind of uh, dipping into his past game usage. But we'll it just see. doesn't happen, really. Like if it doesn't happen for you as a rookie, it like just basically doesn't happen because they're a yeah. guy like yeah. Joe Mixon's another guy where he's basically there now. Like he had that profile. Like more than anyone coming out of Oklahoma, and they still like never fully went all the way with Joe Mixon as a three down back. So they're almost there now, but right. they're still not quite there. And I just feel like if a team doesn't trust you to handle three downs as a rookie, like it's like a force field comes up, <laughs> and they're just like, "Well, you can never handle all three downs. There's nothing we can do about it." And, <laughs> right? What do you want us to like, do? Yeah, I mean, it's like Najee Harris. Now the rest of his life will just like never get to take a snap off, like, uh, but like because yeah. he got oh, yeah. it as a rookie. Oh yeah, but. I'm going to ask just two random questions. Antonio Gibson or Cam Akers? Oh man, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, I think I th- I think Gibson. Uh, I I'm going to lean Cam still. I man, I Cam know, Akers. Man. Cam it's Akers. A totally arbitrary. Question. I mean, but man, his performance this fright it was frightening, frightening in the postseason. Hey, what? But I, I think the explosion is going to come back, Dennis. I really do. Um, let me ask you a few arbitrary Devin Singletary ones. Okay, Devin Singletary or Miles Sanders? Oh, oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Uh, a Singletary, I guess. Devin Singletary or friend of the show, Clyde Edwards-Elair. Oh man, my man, Clyde. Um. 
Wow. Clyde. And this one, I guess maybe is kind of easy. Devin Singletary or James Connor? Oh, Connor. Okay. Yeah. By miles. I figured. I figured. Connor, Connor is the RB one overall. I'm not too excited though. They're going to add another back. I think probably doesn't matter. He's in Benjamin season. Oh, um, stop with the Eno. Wow. Stop. Everybody stop with Eno Benjamin. <laughs> it's not happening. It's uh, not, the, the team doesn't even know he's on he's on the roster. Eno Benjamin season, folks. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> um, he's probably gonna get cut or something. Uh, the, the last prepared prompt I have here said Wilson season question mark. I feel like this is a very Mike Kyle Shanahan type signing. We're like, I feel like you're not part of the Kyle Shanahan. Assistant, if you don't have like weirdly targeted re- receiver or running back signings, like I don't know why a team would come out like hyper aggressively on day one of free agency and sign Cedric Wilson, even though he was really good down the stretch last year. Uh, do you see any fantasy intrigue with Cedric Wilson in the receiver core? Still is Jalen Waddle and still is Demonte Parker and Mike Jacecki. All, look, all I'm saying about Cedric Wilson is that he was pretty productive every time he got a chance to start in the Cowboys offense. Now, that is the Cowboys offense. That is Dak Prescott. This is Tua, and it's the Miami offense. So it's a slightly different, I would say, as far as the passing game goes. But, you know, I mean, you, you look at last year. Uh, he got a, a start in on Thanksgiving Day against the Raiders, 10 targets, 7 catches for 104 yards. Um, you know, that's about it. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, d- later on against Philadelphia, he, w- he operated as a starter um, at the last game of the season uh, where – the the Cowboys scored 51 points. He caught five balls for 119 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, so he's he was good. He, he's done his thing when he's out there as as a a full time starter. It, it, he you know behind behind Jalen Waddle, I I think that he could pretty easily emerge as the wide receiver too. How how valuable that would that will be in the Miami offense is kind of up for debate, I guess. I have a totally arbitrary question again, and some of the listeners might not really have a point of reference for this, but say it's a dynasty league. It's a five round rookie draft. Would you trade a third round rookie pick for Cedric Wilson and like your full on dynasty league? I, I would. I think I would too. Cause a lot of times those third rounders, like you're just lighting them on fire and said Wilson, it could amount to nothing. Like anytime you have a guy who like flashed late in the season he was a targeted signing for someone we're assuming is a really good offensive mind. I feel like you just have to assume some level of intrigue there, even if there's barriers between it. Like you said, I mean, Jalen Waddle could be like an all pro type guy almost. We have, oh, yeah. He's got a very, very high ceiling. Um, but it's like with Sed's profile, his finish last season, like the fact that like an offensive mind like yeah. went hard after him. I think it's like worth a risk. I mean, it could by August, you're like, well, I really wish I had that third round pick back. But I think you're you're probably not going to have that third round pick on your roster by the beginning of the following season. So. Yeah, the following season you'll have him in this season. Uh, uh, I'll say. Yeah, I I think that that's kind of an easy call. And you're right. I mean, the Dolphins were pretty aggressive with with they Cedric were. Wilson. I mean, the Cowboys wanted to bring him back. They did. The Cowboys back. really liked Cedric Wilson yes. actually. Yes. After losing Amari Cooper, I, I was I was kind of low key a little bit excited. Like, oh, Cedric Wilson's going to be a starter I for Dallas too. next year. Not not happening. Um. That's so final question. When we were talking about Russell Gage, I mean, I mean, what are the Falcons receiver core now? I think the number one receiver is Olamide Zacchaeus. Is he still on the team? I mean, well, uh, he was tendered today originally. Okay, good. There you good. go. Still on the team. Still on the team. Uh, I mean, down, <laughs> anything there? Down, down bad. You got, any, you got anything on the Falcons receiver uh, core? 
I look it up Falcons ESPN roster. <laughs> Just googling it real quick. Look, uh, if you're Deshaun Watson, what's stopping you from going to Atlanta except, <laughs> except for everything? Very yeah. good point. I mean, Christian Blake. Oh man, Chad Hansen's on the roster. Wow, former oh, Texans, great. Chad Hansen. Um, man, Tajay Sharp. I don't know if he's actually still on the team. Wow. Yeah, this is a bad. This is a, this is a tough scene here. Um, it's a. It's a. It's honestly, it's a horrible roster outside of Kyle Pitts. Like no, no, almost, it's a god awful roster. It's shocking they won seven games last year. It, I did my write up recently on Arthur Smith for my op- upcoming coaches article and. Like this is a classic. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. Uh-huh. There are no, there's, there's not even any like two or three level fixes here. This is like a five level fix, basically. Yeah, like a yeah. minimum two to three year turnover, because like oh. this is a nightmare, nightmare situation. This roster. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I think that the it's a complete smokescreen. The Falcons having a chance to land Watson because maybe to drive up the price for their uh, division rival Panthers or whatever. Uh, and saints, I guess, but uh, I, I can't imagine a, a less appealing landing spot than Atlanta. Well, too. And like, this is not a franchise that can trade three first round picks. Like oh, no. they have holes at every important position group. And even if they got Deshaun Watson, I mean, it's like fallout wreckage, basically like all these problems, no draft capital, no. To, capital to fix it. And yeah, it, it just it doesn't work. It doesn't Here's work. a question. So a, a lot of reporting has has said that the the Texans would want a quarterback, a, a, star, a day one starting quarterback, in exchange for Watson. So like, if he were to go to Cleveland, it would be Mayfield back to Houston, right? Yeah. Um, if he were to go to Atlanta, presumably Matt Ryan to Houston. Would Matt Ryan sooner retire than? Well, I was wondering about this. Well, the Falcon, the, the Texans operate so bizarrely but i think it could be like kind of like an nba or mlb style trade almost where they would like buy him out or cut him or yeah, whatever right right because yeah, the cap space doesn't really matter to them they they do like davis mills and it's weird though because like you said they do like want a starter supposedly but i think with there would almost be like a mercy like a mercy release with <laughs> yeah, matt ryan right and we're not going to make you do this at 37 years old you yeah. can go you can go spend your last couple years with the colts see what yeah happens. if this did happen i couldn't see matt ryan starting a game for the texans and oh, i don't no. think he'd retire i think i think they would come to an accommodation and he would be released yeah that makes sense who the heck knows who the heck knows when the show is going to end right now show's over um <laughs> We're done. That's, that's a good that's professional podcast. we're done yeah we are done but we'll be back you're listening to this wednesday morning we'll be back wednesday evening at 7 p.m eastern live on youtube and twitch with myself denny patrick crane and kyle Dvorak, breaking down the further developments of free i mean free agency is kind of already dead <laughs> but uh, even though it hasn't started yet well, uh, right technically <laughs> we, we, we're we, we you know what we like our tampering but it has to be legal yeah, exactly. So no, there should be a, a boatload more signings by Wednesday evening. We'll probably go back over some of the territory we covered today. We've got some smart folks joining us tomorrow night. So thank you so much for listening today. Please listen Wednesday evening. Please stay locked on NBCSportsEdge.com as we follow every transaction during this insane free agency week. For Denny Carter, I am Patrick Darty. St. Patrick's Day is in two days. We'll catch you guys later. Whatever job you need to do out there, Grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. 
It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.